Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm a congregational consultant with Troubling the Waters. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Monica Gillespie, and I'm the Associate Director of the National Association for Episcopal Schools. And welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. We'll be talking about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, November 12th. That'll be proper 27 in year A. And we are so excited to welcome Monica Gillespie to this show. Monica, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. So fun. And uh, we heard your title as you introduced yourself, but would you say a little bit more about your ministry context to give everybody an idea of what, what you do? Of course. So I am the Associate Director of the National Association for Episcopal Schools, and we are based in New York City. We actually have an office in the same building as the presiding bishop, and we serve 800 Episcopal schools around the country. And my ministry is to support our executive director, David Madison, Mm -hmm. and to provide programs and workshops and consulting and just being on the other end of the line Mm -hmm. if someone has a question about something that's happening in their schools. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And why are you in San Diego? Oh, well, I'm in San Diego because we have some remote work Mm -hmm. following COVID. Our Mm -hmm. office actually has two employees who live outside of the state of New York, so that's a great benefit. But really... I served on the board of NAES Mm -hmm. years ago when I was a head of school, and I just fell in love with the association and the work that they do. We serve those who serve Episcopal schools, and that work called to me. Mm -hmm. And so when the opportunity came to join the staff, I jumped at it. So cool. And I was living out here, so I stayed living out here. I see. All right. So you're one of the remote employees. I am one of the two remote employees. Awesome. The other is in Texas. All well, right. And David, a yeah. fun fact that you may or may not know is part of how Monica and I came to be in relationship and therefore how Monica came to be on the podcast was that as a person who also supports Episcopal schools in my ministry context, I was on NAES's website looking for something and I couldn't find it. So then I immediately went to staff and I was like, who am I going to call? <laughs> And I saw that it said that she lived out here. Uh And so I'm like, well, I pick you. (laughs) And it's perfect because we met for coffee and I've been able to work with um, the diocesan early childhood programs and Uh bring resources here. So it's it's pretty extraordinary Uh work. And I just love our mission mm-hmm. in all our Episcopal schools. So I'll do anything to make sure that our schools thrive. Yeah. What an incredible gift that you're out here for us. I mean, I know yes. it's a bonus. Great for us. Yeah. And great for me too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so cool. And so would you say just one more follow up question about your ministry context? Like, is there something that you're like particularly excited about that's going on right now or that you're working on or that you could share with us? Oh, yeah. There's a lot that I'm excited about. Um, One of the reasons I was drawn to this work and serving in Episcopal schools as an educator is doing my best to live into our baptismal covenant of respecting the worth and dignity of all Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. And that's what our school Episcopal identity is founded on. And so one of the uh, projects I'm in charge of is a new study of the chaplaincy. Mm. So we're conducting a national study of all our chaplains in our schools and learning about their work, learning about what... Episcopal identity looks like in schools, how often they worship, um, so many, how they serve others. And so that project, we're in the data collection stage, mm-hmm. and I've taken a little peek at the data, and it's very exciting. Yeah. So that's one of the areas that I'm most excited about right now. Yeah, so cool. 
So cool. All right. Well, can't wait to hear more about that. That's very interesting. Um, and then also, we'd love to hear about any time you saw or felt God's presence in the last week or so. So did you have a God sighting maybe that you could share with us? It could also be a desolation. You know, I always <laughs> like to re- remind people if you, it was hard to see or feel God's presence, but... Would you like to share something? Well, um, one of the great things that I get to do um, in my role is to go visit schools. And I was recently at a school in Texas, and I had the opportunity to uh, attend their three-year-old worship service for the week. (laughs) And I felt surrounded by God. Mm -hmm. And just listening to the children engage in the worship service and, and watching the chaplain just so beautifully draw them into the story... I just thought God's work in the world is happening here. And so that lifted, lifts me up. Because, you know, in schools, tough things can happen. Yeah. And so to being reminded of God's presence in our schools and our work, and it inspired me. So that's one of the many times I fe- see God in the world. So beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. I, have a, I have a three-year-old, so I've seen what oh. three-year-old chapel looks like. And it's crazy. And, and very exciting. Amazing. Yes. They ask the best existential questions <laughs> yeah. of anyone. Right. Uh, and Yeah. So true. And have incredible answers. They have the to, best to answers to explain why. Well. Yeah. yeah. Ask a three-year-old why and you'll get the best answer oh, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll either get the best answer ever or the wildest answer yes. ever. And then, you know, the gift of a chaplain, one of my favorite things to notice in a chaplain is how they're able to reframe it mm-hmm. to bring it back to where it needs to be, even if it was about purple sparkle right. unicorns jumping over the moon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's why it's the best. Yeah. yeah. They figured right. it out. <laughs> So good. I mean, three-year-olds definitely know more about God than I do, for they sure. Do. They're closer to the source than I am at this point. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing. So nice uh, to hear from you. And we would always love to hear from you all if you've got any um, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection, or if you'd like to share something about your ministry context or a God sighting, we'd always love to hear from you. You can uh, find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this episode. You can email us, faith2go at edst.org, or find us on Instagram at faith2go. Scroll down right now and click one of those links, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So now we're going to get into our gospel discussion, again, for this upcoming Sunday, November 12th, uh, proper 27 in year A. It is from, again, still, Matthew's Gospel. Uh, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Charlotte is going to read it, and then I'll give some context, and we'll each have a point. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here comes the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour.
Mm-mm. I do not know you. Wow. That's messed up. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlotte does not like this parable. I'm Can troubled. You tell? I'm troubled. <laughs> it's not an easy None one. None of us like it very much. Not an easy no, one. No, 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 no. But that's why we're here to be with you during this challenging parable week. Uh, and pick it apart a little bit and see what we can get. What we can what we can get from it. My head is in my hands. It's true. Well, one hand. Now it's in now both it's in hands. Both. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so a little bit of context for everybody. We've jumped ahead a whole chapter. Um, we skipped chapter twenty four. Pretty sure last week we were at the end of chapter twenty three, beginning of chapter twenty three, something like that. Yep, twenty three one through twelve. So we skipped the second half of twenty three and the whole of twenty four and. This is coming in a line of of like parables and metaphors that Jesus is is uh, using to talk about the coming of some new era or age, you know, like the coming of the kingdom of heaven. It's the whole chapter twenty four is all of all those things about like being able to tell the signs and uh, when this new season is coming, the coming of the Son of Man, the fig tree the necessity for watchfulness. And then right before this one is another parable about the uh, faithful and unfaithful um, servants in the house, which is interesting because um, that parable is about a servant in a house who's been entrusted with the resources of the house. And when the master of the house doesn't come back, refuses to share resources with all the people in the house and instead uses the ball for themselves. And then in this parable, it's about people not sharing things. So it's weird, but it's important to, I think Jesus is holding those two together on purpose, you know, so we'll get a little bit more into that later. But that's where we are, and then Jesus is not far from his ultimate arrest, Uh, so we're getting closer and closer to the end of the gospel here. So, Monica, you have the first point. Take it away. Well, thank you. It is a challenging parable, so I'm... I definitely have spent some time thinking about how it speaks to me. And one of the things that I take away from the parable is what it means to be prepared. And I think that's probably because I'm an educator and we work with students all the time to make sure that they're prepared and we think about what do they need to be prepared. And so I think about the bridesmaids who are prepared, but then I can't help but be curious about the bridesmaids who aren't prepared. And just wondering, what support did they need? Why, why weren't they prepared? And, you know, for those of us in schools, we always have kiddos who are super prepared and kiddos who just aren't. Mm-hmm. And we love them all and we figure out how to help them. So I bring an educator's perspective and yeah. wondering about the bridesmaids. Um, and the second part that's really important to me and really spoke to me is living into the kingdom of God now. Yeah. So being less focused on when and knowing that our work is now mm-hmm. and being present and living into that work. And that's, a, I mean, again, more of my educator part, but that's what we do in our Episcopal schools. Every day we live into God's kingdom and we do God's work in the world every day in our schools. And so I think that's why I have that perspective as well. Mm-hmm. I love the invitation in that because, again, as we've named the fact that I'm struggling today, um, but the fact that if you have to do it every day, that also means you get to try again every day, Mm -hmm. which I think is something that's so beautiful about schools in general is if you have a bad day or a hard day or a test you don't do well on, there's always another day to try again. So true. And if it's not this like 
one time happening that the kingdom of heaven is going to come, but that like we're looking for the kingdom now and now and now again. Like this parable is taking place over and over again every day, you know? So if maybe we missed it yesterday, we have another chance. Oh, I feel know, so much better. To have our lamps filled today. Well, yeah, there'll be bridesmaids who maybe forgot that day yeah. because something was going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And two days later, their their lamp would be filled. Right. And yeah. And so I think there's that part of just seeing, understanding why, mm-hmm. and then trying to figure out what do people need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do people need? Yeah. A lot of compassion. And I think that's probably one perspective that's informed by just my daily living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, my my point is kind of flows from that, similar to that. This thinking about this 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 idea of, of like trying to be awake and be aware of the kingdom now and in in our in our present moment and, and in the midst in our midst. And like, and I'm I'm struck by this the fact that like um, it says at the end to to remain awake, but it also says in the parable that they all fell asleep. It wasn't that half of them fell asleep and half of them were awake the whole time. So wakefulness is not necessarily about being alert and awake all the time. It seems that like the wakefulness is more about being well resourced and having the resources you need to kind of like light the way and and be aware and awake and ready when you ultimately find this kingdom of heaven when the kingdom emerges when the when God emerges in the world right in front of you that like if you're not if you're not if your lamp isn't full then God will arrive and you won't be aware you know and which is so sad and and really painful and like so I'm thinking about this and I'm just I'm thinking about like what it means to then be well resourced and have like one's lamp filled with with the oil it needs to keep burning, you know, and to keep the keep the the path lit, you know, and to and to keep keep the light on so that you can see when the kingdom arises in front of you. And so I'm thinking about just like my my question then is like, what are the spiritual practices for an individual person that help you know keep the light on? And that help keep that oil filled and 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 the lamp going. And it's interesting because I'm thinking about the parable through that lens for me. It's like when the kingdom does arrive, like you're only gonna you're only gonna be able to see God emerging in the world right in front of you if you've been filling up your lamp, if you've been doing some sort of regular spiritual practice, whether that's some sort of like traditional Christian practice of prayer or meditation or some kind of daily thing about becoming aware of God's presence in your life uh, or, or any kind of practice. Like it doesn't really matter what it is as long as it's something that's bringing you back to this moment, like back into your body and keeping us aware of what's going on right in front of us. And the thing is that like that I, what I like about this parable then is that it's, it's it, through that lens, it is hard. It's not really possible to share that with another person you know like you're only going to be able to do that if you've been putting in the work kind of up until that moment you can't share your presence with somebody else because even if you say that's god over there they're not going to be able to see it even if you point it out uh if they're not like awake and aware and and resourced in themselves spiritually so i think that like 
it's interesting that this is coming after there's these two parables put together of one being a, about the the kingdom of heaven being like the part of the kingdom of heaven part of the important part of the kingdom of heaven is that it is there's like a sharing of resources that it's not supposed to be hoarding resources and then we have this one where people are refusing to share resources so I think it's Jesus kind of pointing out that there's both this communal aspect of resourcing and sharing and at the same time there is something individual that has to happen as well like we can't there's there are spiritual resources that we're not really able to share and that we need to kind of build up within ourselves. Um, though those spiritual practices can be communal in nature, but it's kind of up to us to engage or not, you know. And and then the fruit of those practices is going to be like being awake, being aware of when God is emerging in our life and being able to celebrate those moments, you know. And we're going to miss those opportunities to celebrate if we don't keep our lamps filled. I have a reflection on that, but instead I'm going to transition to my point. Okay. Well, stay tuned next week for Charlie's <laughs> no, no, no. reflection. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it weaves into my point, so I'm going to save it to that point. Okay, perfect. Because for my point, I think what I'm going to talk about, I know what I'm going to talk about, is why I have to read this gospel even though I don't want to. <laughs> no, I think that's an important reflection yeah. for all of us, oh, right? Like around scripture, because there are pieces of scripture that we don't want to read, that we want to look away from, that the content of them is challenging either for us personally or for the world that we live in. And so the temptation is to say, what are the other readings for that day? Um, Or Mm -hmm. what can I preach on that aren't the readings as we are preparing for them? And I think that that was true for me today because similarly to what Monica was sharing, I do have a background in Episcopal schools. And so part of my lens in all of this wasn't even why wouldn't they share the oil, their extra oil that they brought, but why wouldn't they just hold the lamp up for them? Mm -hmm. Like if there were five lit lamps, was that not enough light for everybody to go in? Why did they need 10? Right. And so like, as I was thinking about that, my frustration was building Mm -hmm. as I'm sure that you can tell Mm -hmm. from my body language. Mm -hmm. Um, But Also, I think my frustration was building because we've had a lot of this from Matthew. Mm -hmm. We have three more weeks of Matthew to go. Mm -hmm. And Matthew has felt a bit punitive of late. (laughs) He's a punitive guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have had people cast into the outer darkness Uh for not having their wedding robes with weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, We have these poor bridesmaids who have run out to the market now to get more oil because someone wouldn't share with them who then when they get to the door and knock and say, Lord, Lord, let me in, Mm -hmm. Jesus says, or the Lord says, I don't know you. Yeah. Like they've become unrecognizable in the time it took them to go and get what they needed in order to be prepared. And those are, those are harsh things Mm -hmm. to talk about. Those are harsh things to consider. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. And so my temptation in that is to be like, what other parables have we got? What other methods of thinking about the kingdom are there for me to consider that align with my worldview and what I really believe about the kingdom? And yet I do think that there's value to wrestle with this parable as much as I don't want to. And I think that there's value in wrestling with this parable because 
whether I believe that everybody is included in the kingdom, that that is God's intent for all of us, that there is always time to repent and to try again to come into right right relationship, and that God loves us for when we are doing it right and when we are doing it exceptionally wrong, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. I do also know that there are times that the world is hard. And David and I joke at the beginning of the podcast, it's a shared common thread between the two of us, that consolations and desolations of God's sightings. And David is always inviting people to share a desolation, a moment where they feel they don't feel God's presence or they feel separated Mm -hmm. from God. It's parables like this that speak to that, Mm -hmm. that they speak to those moments that we don't feel as though we are part of the kingdom, that we don't feel as though we are included, and that somehow we have shown up unprepared. And maybe they didn't know they were unprepared. Maybe they thought there was enough, you know, oil in their lamps or like we don't get to know all of those things like Monica was reflecting on about like how, like as an educator, she was wondering like what, why weren't they resourced the way they needed to be resourced? But whatever it was, they weren't ready. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I guess that where I'm landing this week as I'm thinking about this parable is not as much a point about what the content of the parable says to us, but about the need for these stories and this scripture. As we've always said, like we need all of the Bible. We don't get to cherry pick and choose which parts we keep and which parts we cast into the outer darkness, although it's tempting. Um, But I think that it's because this is lived experience for some people, Mm -hmm. that we do feel these separations sometimes, those desolations. Yeah, feeling feeling cast out and not mm-hmm. worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, those are our three points for this week. Uh, point number one was Monica's, um, thinking about this gospel through the lens of compassion and the opportunity we have over and over again to keep trying, you know, to find our resourcing, to resource others. Uh, mine was uh, similar, thinking about, uh, as Monica talked about, the kingdom of heaven right now and what we can do, spiritual practices or other practices, both individual and communal, to keep our our lamps filled to to be ready, um, to be able to see where God is moving uh, when God arises in the world. And then Charlotte's was third, uh, stepping back and thinking about how important it is to be able to wrestle with scriptures we don't really like, and and know that, that they are important because they're highlighting painful experiences that we are are all having of feeling separated, of feeling frustrated, of, of feeling unprepared, you know, of, of, not, of not knowing what to do or where to go. So having heard those three points, we'd love to know what your point would have been for this week. Uh, or maybe you would just skip this gospel completely. That's fine, Pick too. another reading. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, you can also share with us any of your questions or stories uh, or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection that you'd like us to share on the show or maybe on our social you can get in contact, contact with us uh, in all those ways listed in the description for this episode. We give a big thanks to Monica Gillespie for being here. Thank you, Monica. You are most welcome. It was so great to have you. And you should come back on I mean, again because yeah. you're great. And Anytime. It's yeah. just a quick drive. Yeah, so fun. Maybe we could come to you next time. That would be wonderful. Yeah, okay, good. And uh, we will be back next week to talk about Proper 28. Uh, spoiler, doesn't get any better next week or the week after. Sorry, Charlotte. Yeah. Not until Advent. We're almost there. And then it's Mark. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we'll be back next week to continue to wrestle with the gospel parables that we don't really like that much. 
That's all right. But there's wisdom. I can do there's it. There's wisdom in them still. Yes. Nonetheless. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.